When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, my name's Jack, and I love horrible movies. Each week on the Horrible Movie Podcast, producer Phil, a guest, and I talk about a horrible movie. We talk about the actors, directors, the budget, the box office, and like thereof. You also get silly songs, fake commercials, and too much fun to list on this promo. Available everywhere you get your podcast. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Away we go with episode 109 of Sports Yak. Hi, my name's Corey. To my left is Chuck Freebie. Welcome to episode 109. The Phil Garner episode. Oh, Phil Garner with that whisk broom mustache of his back in the 70s with the Pirates and the A's. I think he might have played with the Astros a little bit too. 109 career homers for the one they called old Scrap Iron. What was his name? Phil Garner. Oh, I googled Will. Well, don't do that, because that's not going to help you. Phil Garner. Wow, look at that bad boy. That's a stash, isn't it? Wow. That's like two shark fins (laughs) back-to-back. Wow, look at that one. Yeah. That's a baseball card right there. My goodness. Still around? Uh, Well, he's still alive. He was a manager with the Brewers and the Astros for a while. Don't think he's in baseball anymore. All right. Can I start off with a question? Feel free. Another fan gets hurt at a Major League Baseball game, I believe the Yankees game, so there's more talk of uh, baseball trying to make it a safer atmosphere. Your thoughts on how to make it safer for the fans? It's easy. Extend the netting from the foul pole all through foul territory to the next foul pole. Why do you think they haven't done that yet? They haven't because, you know, the fans like the experience of being able to reach out and get a ball from the players and things like that. This is a matter of safety. This isn't a matter of you're improving the fan experience by making the fan safer. Because sadly, most fans do not have the reaction time or they're not paying full attention every time a pitch is thrown. And the ball gets on you in a hurry. These guys are hitting the ball. It's coming off the bat at over 100 miles an hour. And most people aren't going to be able to react that quickly, especially as closely as they're sitting to the field. Now, I believe most ballparks now have the netting that extends from dugout to dugout, but as we've seen, that's not enough. The ball whistles past the dugout, and it's still going pretty fast, and your reaction time is minimal. I think this again shows, because I don't remember it happening all that often prior to this season. It happened occasionally, and obviously there were incidents. That's why the netting was expanded. But I think we talked about this a few episodes ago with the changes in the baseball. Yes. When, when did that happen? Well, this year. This year. And when have we seen more fans get hit with the foul balls? Interesting. This year. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a direct correlation. Wow. 
How about that? Uh, another question, and I'm totally stealing this from another sports show's uh, tweet, but I I think I'll I think you'd be interesting to answer this. Worst transaction your team ever made? Wow. Well, being a Cubs fan, there's there's a lot of history there. Yeah. Uh, the most infamous trade for the Cubs happened back in the early 1960s. The Cubs acquired a pitcher by the name of Ernie Brolio from St. Louis, and they traded a guy that was kind of coming on to his own in center field by the name of Lou Brock. Lou Brock became a Hall of Fame hitter, had over 3,000 hits, had all kinds of stolen base records, and Ernie Brolio uh, won a handful of games for the Cubs in his tenure with them. So most people hold that up as the standard. I'm beginning to think, especially after his Saturday performance at Wrigley Field, that the trade to receive Jose Quintana from the White Sox and give up Aloy Jimenez might rank up there. Now, I know there are some that say, well, Jimenez is inconsistent. He's only a rookie. You're already starting to see some flashes of brilliance from him. And while Quintana sometimes gives the Cubs some good outings, he sometimes gives the Cubs the kind of outing that he gave them on Saturday when he gave up three homers and eight runs. <sighs> I'm not so sure about that one. I brought that up because of Pujols over the weekend coming back to St. Louis after eight years. Is that the math? Yeah. Now, that was not a trade. That w- He was given up for free agency. The Cardinals- Would you consider it a transaction? <sighs> I mean, the Cardinals decided that he wasn't worth paying. Okay. Now, you could point out the fact that in his time in with the Angels, uh, the Angels haven't won anything with him. So maybe the Cardinals were right, but boy, they sure gave him a rousing series of ovations upon his return to St. Louis this weekend. As we review the weekend, let's talk about uh, Wrigley Field. What happened over the weekend, the, the 35th anniversary of the Sandberg game? Yeah, and we, uh, we had some comments from Ryan Sandberg that we posted on the 46 Sports Facebook and Twitter accounts where he talked specifically about that game. Uh, the Sandberg game, as any Cub fan, and for that matter, Cardinal fan knows, happened back in 1984. Sandberg hit homers off of Bruce Suter in the ninth and 11th innings to prolong the game, a game that the Cubs would win after rallying from a big deficit and it kind of was one of the impetuses for the Cubs to go on and win the division in 1984 and break that long 39-year uh, span in which they hadn't won anything. So let's fast forward another 35 years to 2019. Cubs are playing the Mets this weekend. The Mets are a middling team, I would say, in the National League. They're not terrible Uh, but they're not one of the contenders right now in the National League East. And they're certainly a team that came in with a terrible road record to Wrigley Field, 8-24 on the season. Cubs handled them Thursday. You would think, okay, they've got this under control. Well, Friday, the Cubs lose a heartbreaker, 5-4. Saturday, Quintana just absolutely stinks, and they lose 10-2. And they're trailing 3-2 in the eighth inning on Sunday, with two on, and Javi Baez looking at an 0-2 count, and the Mets hang the slider, and here's what happened. Fly ball out into right. That ball is gone. Number 100. Cubs lead 
So the Cubs wind up winning the game by a count of 5-3. to three. They stay in first place in the National League Central. This is a tough stretch for the Cubs in the schedule because a very good Atlanta team comes to Wrigley Field this week, and we'll see how the Cubs can handle the Braves in this battle of division leaders. White Sox lose to the Rangers. White Sox struggle on the road, as most young teams do, and I think they lost 3 of 4 over the weekend to Texas. Yesterday, uh, Texas breaks out the whooping sticks and wins that game by a count of 7 to 4, hit a couple of big two-run homers in the second inning with two out. Uh, that's not unusual, though, to see the White Sox struggle on the road. They're 3 below 500. I think a 500 season is within the reach of Ricky Renteria's team, but they've got to grow up a little bit on the road. My daughter now works in Crown Point, so when I heard that uh, a young man from there plays for Cleveland. Zach Plesak. You may remember Dan Plesak pitched a little bit with the Cubs. Most of his time in the major leagues was spent with the Brewers. He's done some Cub games. He now works for MLB Network. Good guy out of Crown Point, Indiana. And I believe this is his nephew, Zach, who now pitches for the Cleveland Indians and has been very strong since the Indians called him up and pitched well again yesterday against the Tigers and won that one by a count of 8-3. to three. Locally, South Bend Cubs. South Bend Cubs uh, slammed 10 doubles yesterday at Four Winds Field. Pause button. When a batter hits the ball and gets to first base, that's a single. Yes. When a batter hits the ball and gets to second base, that's, that's a, a double. double. So they did 10 doubles. They did that 10 times in the game. They did that 10 times in the game. Which is, that's an unusual feat for a regular yes. game. Yes, right. it is. Thanks, Uncle Chuck. Now back to you. Now back to me. So they went at 11-10 to 10 over Bowling Green, split the opening series of the second half, and now Buddy Bailey's team hits the road for a little bit. Uh, College World Series finally gets underway tonight. The final part of the College World Series does, and that'll have Michigan, the 200-1 to long shot to win the tournament when the tournament began with the field of 64. They have worked their way into the championship, and they will take on Vanderbilt in what should be a very compelling watch here for even the casual baseball fan, just to see, okay, here's this Michigan team. Northern teams traditionally have not fared well in college baseball. Can they actually get the biggest prize in the sport? I'll tell you what, Eric Backich has done a phenomenal job with this team. Remember, college baseball teams only get a third of their players on scholarship. So you have a 35-man roster, 11.7 players are on scholarship. And you say, well, does that? how's that work? Usually what happens is somewhere along the line, all 35 get a little piece of the pie. Some guys might get bigger pieces, but they try to be pretty good about it. And at a school like Michigan, if you're looking at out-of-state players, uh, that costs, you know, a third of a scholarship doesn't quite make too much of a dent in the cost to go to the hmm. school like the University of Michigan. So you might have some walk-ons on there. Of course, we talked to Jordan Brewer from St. Joe, Michigan, a couple of weeks ago. Go back in the Yak archives and listen to that interview. He's one of the key cogs of this Michigan team. He'll bat third and play center field. Should be a fun watch Monday, Tuesday, and if necessary, Wednesday for the College World Series in Omaha, Nebraska. Locally here, the big uh, uh, U.S. Senior Open is about to kick off. 
yeah, they'll have practice rounds today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. A couple of guys with some local roots will be playing. We hope to be able to catch up with Tony Sores on Wednesday. He's a young man that went to Clay High School. Uh, did very well in some South Bend City tournaments. Had a brief pro-, pro career. I believe he's now reinstated as an amateur. And he'll be here in his first uh, chance to play in a U.S. Senior Open. Chris Smith from Rochester, who had a nice PGA career. He'll be here. And, of course, all the big names. The defending champion, David Toms. He'll speak to the media tomorrow. Uh, Give me some more big names for those who don't follow golf but might recognize. Uh, Tom Watson. Will be here. Okay. Uh, Bernard Lawner, Steve Stricker is considered one of the favorites. Mark McCarron, Miguel Angel Jimenez. John Daly here? Uh, John Daly had, has some problems with the United States Golf Association, which hosts this tournament. Oh. And so it's not likely that Big John will be here. Okay. If he does show up, he'll be parked in an RV outside a fast food establishment that serves wings and whose employees wear short orange shorts. Let's put it that way. They're one of his major sponsors. Ah, you want to talk about NASCAR? <laughs> My friend Jaybird was out at that uh, race yesterday. His work sent him out there at uh, Sonoma. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, part of a Goodyear sponsorship. He sells tires. Okay. Mm-hmm. Martin Truex Jr. gets the win. Yay. And Ryan Newman from South Bend finished seventh. He is currently 16th in the playoff standings. The top 16 make the NASCAR playoffs, so Newman hanging on by a thread. One of the big stories of Saturday around here, Corey, was the signing by Ira Armstead. Now, if you listen to Friday's episode, you heard our buddy Steve Wiltfawn talk glowingly about the skills of Ira Armstead very raw talent quarterback. Young man goes to John Adams High School here in South Bend team that has thrown the ball quite a bit, especially under the tutelage of Antoine Jones. And Armstead, who did not want to be a quarterback, uh, has become a pretty good one and now will ply his talents at the University of Virginia. And I mulled this one over a lot over the weekend. I can't remember the last time a South Bend High School football player went to an Atlantic Coast Conference school. Now, we've had some go to Notre Dame, Anthony Johnson, David Perkins, Bowling Green, with Garrick Dieter, who also went to SMU in Alabama. But I can't remember uh, one going to an ACC school. In fact, the last time I remember a big-time South Bend athlete going to an ACC school was basketball. Adams had a seven-footer by the name of Glenn Sudhop, who played at North Carolina State in the early to mid-70s. I thought this was kind of funny. ESPN did a name the 90s uh, music acts with the NBA draft class of 2019. Oh. Out of all of them, no one knew who Outcast was. Really? Not one, two, obscure. Three, and certainly a song like that, I bet you the, yeah, none the of, kids have heard. Yeah, none of them knew. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your past said. Boy, you got a friend in me. Yeah, you got a friend in me. Uh, Mary 
right, Freebie went and saw Toy Story 4. I went with my family on a, a separate uh, viewing. Yes. And we both agreed that it was just okay. It was just okay. She said it was just okay. It was not her favorite Toy Story movie of the four. I wouldn't even put it as one of my top five Pixar movies. Oh, I thought you were going to say not even one of your top five Toy Story movies. And considering it's Toy Story 4, that would not be a glowing review. Well, you know I don't do math. That would have been confusing. There's, I was waiting for the big emotional scene at the end that you kind of knew was coming. And it came and went pretty quickly. And I was like, oh, okay. but. And if you go see the movie, stick around through like the credits when they start to roll there is something way at the end but not worth staying through all of the credits oh you know how marvel used to do that where they would put stick a scene at the end of the credits sure disney has done this now uh by the way it's also the first pixar movie that doesn't start with a pixar short at the beginning like a little four minute yeah movie from an upcoming I always found those annoying yeah a couple of them were good like the old man that played checkers against himself or chess against himself i like that one but anyways, there's a way at the end uh, scene you don't have to stick around for. Speaking of old men that looked like they were from Up, did you happen to catch America's Got Talent last night? I did not. I saw the beginning, but I went to bed. They have on an act of these two gentlemen who are actually from Brazil. So what they're doing on America's Got Talent, I guess South America's Got Talent. Uh, but anyway, one is 54 and one is 84. And they do this acrobatic routine. You're going to have to go back yeah. and watch. it. This this made the cut before the interrupts for the tornado last night. Did they get much, the golden buzzer? They didn't get a golden buzzer, but they got a four yes and, okay. and move on. All right. So there's something for you to look forward to on your Monday as you go back and catch up on the weekend. Countdown to the wedding for me. Uh, Friday, I'll take the day off just to get ready. We have rehearsals and all that type of stuff. So then, no yak on Friday, no yak next Monday, mm-hmm. and we'll have to we'll have to evaluate the third and the fifth as well. the The yak might take a holiday hiatus here for a little bit. I was called out about taking a hiatus, and then we didn't take a hiatus. No, well now we've got one coming to us <laughs> so that we could. It's a holiday weekend, holiday by, week. Yeah. By the way, speaking of the yak. Uh, the yak was called out to the dance floor the other night. Uh, Corey and I went to see a band called the 1985 mm-hmm. uh, playing over at a, an establishment in Granger. And uh, Corey brought his lovely bride, Debbie. I brought mine, Diane, another family joined us. A couple of the bridesmaids wound up showing up uh, to see the 1985. And you had seen them before. I had not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm good friends with them. I think they put on a very good show. And they play 80s music, which, as most of the listeners of this show should know by now, hits home for both of us. Any Uh, particular favorite song or songs that you heard that night? You're like, wow, they really really nailed that one. um, The guitar riff on the Prince song, was it? uh, Let's Go Crazy? Let's Go Crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought... He nailed that one. I thought he hit a home run there. So uh, we went to that, and uh, fortunately, uh, for my standpoint, given the state of my knees these days, uh, they played a slow song Mm -hmm. uh, or a medley of slow songs, perhaps. And the first time they did it, I didn't bite. I didn't go out in the first set. In the second set, uh, they did. 
And as I take my wife's hand and lead her to the dance floor, I hear the guitarist Dan say, Sport Jack on the dance floor. <laughs> the power of Lionel Richie drew you to that floor. The power of the yak. Uh, little endless love. And then into uh We interrupt the and... song to announce Sport Jack <laughs> on the dance floor. We might as well give a shout out to Sean and his wife who stopped by that night as well and told Chuck and I that he's a, a regular listener. Sean had that Miami Vice look going on that night. I didn't know if that was like his regular look or he was like, let's go 80s because it kind of fit into a Don Johnson right. kind uh, of vibe. I'm not sure if it's his regular look or not. We're probably going to find out after this episode. <laughs> More than likely. <laughs> Chuck, that's all we got. It's a short and sweetie. Well, that's all right because, you know, it's summertime and the living is easy and the Yakophiles, uh, the maniacs, they've got stuff to go on and do. You can email us, thesportsyak with two Ks at gmail.com, on Twitter, on Instagram with those two Ks. Chuck is on Twitter at 46sports. He's a legend. Well, I, I don't know that I would go that far. I I mean, they've been nice enough to induct me into the Hall of Fame. and He's an icon. That's great. Uh, Eric Kratz, by the way, um, last Friday uh, was the last time he played. He went one for three in a game against Durham. He's now hitting two thirty-five for the Scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders in AAA baseball. Thank you for that Kratz update. Brought to you by no one. No, it was brought to you by me. I did it. Oh, okay. I see yeah. what you did there. Until next time, yak fans. Ooga looga. You've been listening to Sports Yak, all sports information. All that you've just been heard has been copywritten. Don't steal any of this stuff. This is Jimmy Shorts. That's good. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.